Hey guys, this is Alicia and you're listening to Goodness, an advice podcast brought to you by a feminist, socialist, pro-choice, pro-evolution, Christian lady. That lady is me. I am she. I love to help people, especially women. And I named this podcast Goodness because that's what I hope to bring into the world. So thanks for tuning in and for listening. And I hope that you enjoy this episode. Thanks, guys. I like to think of myself as being very moral, but I have done things I'm ashamed of. How do I reconcile my identity of being a good person with my past mistakes? So first of all, thank you so much for writing to me, S. And I want to say that I'm very, very familiar with what you're feeling. I think a lot of people are. So in Judaism, there is actually a concept called Yatzatov and Yatzahora. This concept refers to the inclination of both good and evil that lies within each person from birth. So in other words, we all have the capacity from birth to do good and evil things, and we all have that inclination, that want. And many of us, myself included, have chosen in the past to succumb to this baser and lesser instincts that we have. So in the process of doing evil or going along with that inclination of evil, we hurt ourselves and hurt others. So to answer your question, I actually want to offer a story from my own life. Now, it is purely just an example of my personal experience, but I hope that it'll shed some light for you on how the process of reconciliation could work in terms of having done things in the past that you're ashamed of. So a few years ago, I actually had this emotional breakdown, quote unquote. I had um, a very tumultuous childhood full of mental and verbal abuse. And in order to cope um, with these feelings, I I kind of had to detach myself completely from my feelings. I was super emotionally dead inside. And I was so kind of cut off from my emotions that sometimes I couldn't actually tell if I was sad or happy. I couldn't identify my emotions. So after moving to New York, my feelings got more and more intense and I was totally incapable of managing them or even identifying that something was wrong. Something felt really wrong in my body, but I couldn't tell what was going on. So everything came to a head in a very unfortunate way. I was with a close friend and what started out between us as a dramatic exercise in dialogue and role play, uh, my friend was an actor during this time, so we would I would kind of do these exercises to help this person. Uh, this role play turned into an incredibly intense and ugly avalanche of hatred that kind of just came out of me towards my friend, like a freaking volcano of shit. It was one of those moments where, after everything was said and done, we stared at each other in shock. I felt completely bewildered by my own actions. I had no idea where the words had come from, and I could not stop them from coming out of my mouth whilst it was happening. This, just to be clear, was not a petty two-sided argument. It was a full-on assault from me to my friend. I used everything that I knew about this person to verbally attack them and bring them down. So the next few years after this incident were probably the toughest of my life. 
I had lost one of my closest and at that time only friends in New York, and I really had nobody to blame but myself. Sometimes I would lie in bed and I would feel that I would just die from all of this guilt and sorrow and shame I was experiencing. So suffice to say, I'm, I'm pretty familiar with, you know, having done things that I'm ashamed of. So the good news, the, the good part of reconciliation. Uh, in Judaism, again, prayer, repentance, and tzedakah, or doing charitable actions, are ways to repent for sins, for the wrongs that we do. And sins committed against other people, as opposed to committed against God, must be corrected first and put right to the best of a person's ability with the person that they wronged. So I, at the time, I didn't know about this kind of trifecta of repentance. But I do think looking back that my process of reconciliation, both for myself and for the other party, falls into these three categories of action. So I was very, very lucky during this time. The thing that really kickstarted my reconciliation process was that I had a few other people in my life that I could talk to. And a few of my friends uh, were going to church at that time. And the church was headed by a pastor that I kind of knew. Uh, I Up until this point, I would kind of drop by once in a while just to be with friends. But my belief in God was pretty passive and abstract. It was more of a concept to me, nothing concrete. So I really turned to the church and to God because I had nowhere else to go at the time. My head was in such a crazy space. Like my belief wasn't really by choice. It was by desperation. God had to be real for me at that point, because if he wasn't, then all the messages that are surround Christianity about forgiveness and redemption were not real. And for me, if those messages were not real, then I could never come back from this terrible, terrible thing that I had done. I would always be this person that had done this terrible thing. And I'm not saying that this applies to you in your situation, S, but that was kind of where my head was at. And, you know, things were so crazy internally that that was the one of the crazy thoughts that, that I was going through. Uh, but thank God that it did. So going back to the prayer part of this repentance trifecta, quote unquote, I didn't really pray in the traditional sense that people pray so much as I kind of started talking in my head to God as if it was a person I was having a conversation with. Now, this sounds pretty crazy, but I I have always had a very active internal monologue. I talked to myself all the time in my head. So it was very natural, actually, for me to insert an additional character in there. This process kind of helped me cautiously accept some hypothetical truths. For example, I was destined, I was not destined rather to be a bad, you know, quote unquote person forever. Forgiveness was possible and I could emerge out of this mess as a full-hearted, reconciled version of myself. So I think in talking to God in my head and sometimes hearing or seeing things that I ascribed to him as answering to me that brought me from intellectually acknowledging the concept of redemption to believing that it was something that was possible for me. So this category of communication with God also included community. I talked regularly with my pastor who was, or who is rather, a woman, and this person totally changed my life for the better. I can't I can't speak highly enough of her. And I also talked with the other women in my community, like the friends that I had. And these people became the support network as I worked through my past and my present. 
They were really helpful and supportive. I never felt judged, which is rare because when someone does something terrible and could rightfully be judged as bad, it takes a lot of grace for people to choose not to judge. So the women in my life always held the best version of me in their mind's eye, and they saw who I could be before I saw who I could be. There there were definitely moments when I kind of felt like, wow, I kind of feel like God is talking to me through these women, these people. And then repentance, the second part, is it began for me as an investigative function. So I didn't understand why I had said those terrible words. So I didn't actually know in the beginning what I was repenting for. What am I supposed to be sorry about? And how did that whole thing happen? I had to figure out why I did what I did. So slowly, one day at a time, I began to uncover pieces of the puzzle and to kind of put these pieces together, try and make sense of what happened. So from my childhood and from all that abuse, I kind of held on to a lot of self-hatred that came from that abuse, right? This self-hatred combined with my inability to detect my true emotions, meaning I wasn't aware that I hated myself, it eventually manifested itself externally into words. It was like this storm that just kept brewing and brewing and it just erupted. I had projected all of these terrible lies I believed about myself onto someone else. So the first sins that I actually repented for were sins committed against myself. I had treated my own heart and soul so poorly for so long and allowed other people to treat it poorly also. There were a lot of wrongs to put right and the first right that I owed to myself was grieving. So something that people don't tell you is that when your heart and emotions are dead for a long time, the first thing you feel when you come alive again is pain. I caught up on a lot of crying, a lot of crying. I cried about everything, anything from the sort of unkind, petty words that were spoken to me to the feelings of rejection that I suppressed For a long time, I filled like journals with my grief. And when I look back on them now, I I look back on them recently, I couldn't read my handwriting because it was batshit crazy. Like I, that's how quickly I was writing. I was just scrawling, just trying to pour everything out. So that was a part of my process. The second wrong to put right was of course, towards my friend. I apologized sincerely several times. And because we were still connected somewhat through the women that we were both friends with, I think my friend could see that I was changing as a person. Now, ultimately, we were not able to recover our friendship. But this in itself eventually became another marker for progress for me. The word that I would use to describe the next two to three years was work. Work, 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 work. It was really hard and it was slow at times. And I had to take breaks, go backwards and around a few times, round and round. There were still so many areas of my life that I needed healing after those two or three years. But one day I looked up and I was in a different space, a different headspace. It's hard to say exactly when things tipped for me, but... I just lifted up my head one day and I found that I was able to keep it lifted. So it was a journey. Uh, In addition to the good and evil nature that we're 
all born with, I think we're also born with an innate sense of justice and fairness. Your instincts know when the scales have been balanced. Your instincts know when you've done the work necessary to even out whatever it is you feel you've done wrong. I think that's what happened with me uh, after that two to three years. My scales internally were balanced. I mentioned that the end of my friendship or the inability for me to reconcile my friendship became a marker of success. I had, to the best of my abilities, corrected and put right this wrong that I had committed. It wasn't enough to recover the friendship, but I had done enough for me to forgive myself and to move forward having really finished that chapter of my life. And I can say today that I don't hold on to any shame or guilt associated with that event because I did the work. Uh, in terms of tzedakah or good charitable actions, this is probably the best part to come out of this whole story for me. So I had previously used words to hurt myself and others in the past. Now I find that I'm uniquely in a position to help other people using words. I talk to friends, co-workers, strangers all the time. I've talked to people in bars, cabs, clubs, on the street, in restaurants, wherever. Just talked to a guy last night in a cab, actually, my Uber driver. So the words that I speak now, they're not perfect, but I think that because I walked through this rough, difficult chapter of my life, I've been equipped to talk to people and to help people. And um, now I have that task of continuing the good work. Not so much as a punishment or anything for my bad actions, but because I received this gift of reconciliation and forgiveness for me. And now I have the opportunity of passing on this gift and helping other people find the same reconciliation. So full circle back to you. I do personally think that the passage of time is not enough for true reconciliation and forgiveness. I think the fact that you still feel some shame means there is work to be done. Now, shame in itself, it's not a good feeling for progress and it's not a productive feeling. So I would stop thinking about it as something that you deserve because you did something bad. I would think about this feeling as just an indicator that there is work to be done. It's basically your internal scale telling you that things are not quite balanced yet. Now, the work that you do will often hurt, so I would encourage patience and softness towards yourself during this time. So I read The Seven Habits of Highly Effective People this summer, and Stephen Covey, the author, has a great quote. Be patient with yourself. Self-growth is tender. It's holy ground. There's no greater investment. For you, I would encourage you to start uncovering the reasons you did the things that you're ashamed of now. What are the root causes? Is it grief that you have suppressed? Are there lies that you believe about yourself that you are living out of? I would sift through your past memories and try to find moments when you were, you know, hurt by the people around you or by external circumstances. Often those hurts grow into wounds and they kind of fester and we act out of your, out of the wounds that we get. So write down your memories, your emotions, anything that comes to mind. If you, if you cry, if you want to cry, like I did all the time, do it. You know, give yourself some time and space to feel whatever it is that you feel and honor yourself emotionally by not hiding or suppressing your emotions. In terms of the other parts of repentance, like prayer and good works, I think this comes naturally as you move forward in your journey. 
God was the way for me. But I think whatever it is that you find, it's just important to believe in something bigger than yourself. What can you hold on to when you feel lost? What is that North Star that you can keep coming back to? For good works, it might be something you are already doing that you can connect to your reconciliation process. Or you may find that as you move forward, your process naturally uncovers things that you can do to help others as well as yourself. Lastly, I would suggest finding or gathering a community. I'm here already for you, so who are the other people that we can recruit? It's important to find these people that see the best version of yourself and who can help you find your way back when you get lost during your work. So if you're interested, I read a few books by John Eldridge, E-L-D-R-I-D-G-E, that were really helpful to me. It's definitely Christian reading, Christian books, although I think the principles of healing and wounds, that whole process, they're pretty universal. They could apply to everyone. The book that I would recommend you start with is called Waking the Dead. That's it. So thank you for listening, guys. And as I hope this has been helpful, feel free to write back to me if you have any further questions. If you have a question that you would like some advice with, please write to me at goodness.advice at gmail.com. That's goodness.advice, spelt in the normal way, at gmail.com. Thank you so much for listening, and I will see you guys or hear you guys soon. Okay, bye.